After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. I'm Derek Lawson here with you, and guess who is back on the airs air with us here on 88.3 WXUT? It's Brian Bucky. We have not talked to him in a while. Uh, Brian, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm glad to be back on. Yeah, it's been since I think the last time we talked to you was right before the Rockets actually. Uh, lost to that team from down south, and uh, that's what we're pretty much going to be talking about. Rocket Sports, as can you believe it, Brian? It's as we're recording Friday the thirteenth. Ooh, real spooky! But <laughs> it's a couple. It's a week and a half before Christmas, and we're yeah, almost right. in the middle. We're in the middle of December, about to get into twenty twenty, a new decade. Yeah, time's flying by. It seems like so. Uh... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Turning the page in a new decade soon. Yeah, yeah, you know how it is. Another year, uh, basically another uh, school year and another sports year. Uh, the thing we're going to talk about is the Rockets. And from your point of view, what happened? I mean, and actually, you know, since you've been back here, hey. Because you're always, always giving us the insight on Toledo Rockets sports, whether it's men and wins basketball, football. And the Rockets in the preseason were picked to win the West, get to the MAC championship game, and possibly win the championship. And, well, that didn't really happen. And then the, the talk, let's, let's start here because we, we haven't talked since then. They ended up losing – to Bowling Green 20-7, to and they probably had one of their worst seasons this year. What, what happened? The wheels just fell off. Yeah, I, I still look back on that VG game, and I'm still like, I still wonder what happened. It was just, it was just a weird game. And VG came right out, and I think on the first play from the third, they rushed for like a 50-yard gain, and it's like they kind of got hit in the mouth right away, and they just didn't really respond or something. I don't I don't. I don't know exactly what happened. It was just kind of a one of those kind of listless performances, and kind of they took it for granted or, or what happened. But it was just kind of a weird game. But but then after that, it seemed like the the it was a continual thing during the season. Like at, really, really, let's let's be honest, because when before that game started, it was like okay. You know, it looked like this, this we might have something here with this team. I mean, they'd actually got some big wins um, mm-hmm. against Colorado State. They had actually ended up winning. They beat BYU at the time. That was actually playing pretty well. They ended up beating mm-hmm. Western Michigan before that. Um, I think, weren't they, they were 4-1, and one, weren't they? They only lost. They had Kentucky, and they were actually competitive in that game. Yeah, they were 4-1, and one, and they were riding pretty high. The defense was... You know, giving up giving up some yards maybe a little bit, but they were 
holding people down. They had a really good scoring average on defense, and I think that was back when, when Mitch was relatively healthy as well, Mitch with Donnie. So, um, yeah, they were kind of rolling, and then all of a sudden that Bowling Green came, game came, and I don't know if that changed things and things flipped from there, but it seems like it was kind of a catalyst for what happened. I mean, the next week they go and they get get smacked by an average, you know, Ball State team and, and just get creamed and you know, we're never in the game, and um, it was kind of all downhill from there. Now they ended up getting wins against Eastern Michigan and Kent State, and some people didn't like that. Well, for one reason they didn't like it was because it was a little too close for comfort, actually. They didn't really – it wasn't in dominating fashion. Plus, people were saying that because it was at home. That's the mm-hmm. only reason why they were actually winning. And then after that, Northern Illinois, who's actually was having a down year, and some people thought, okay, that, that should be a rocking win. And that mm-hmm. ended up being a loss – and then after that, Buffalo pretty much killed them. They lo- they actually lost three in a row, and then Central Michigan pretty much capped it off with a forty nine to seven just L on November twenty yeah. ninth, the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, they pretty much got stuffing on them. Um, from from your perspective, the season in a whole, for one, a lot of people think it's a disappointment because you were really a preseason pick to yeah. to actually do something. But what do you think? There was some maybe three or two to three points that really destroyed the season or what, from your perspective, what really was it that let them down? Well, I think the, the defense kind of, the defense regressed as the season went on. Like I said, they started off playing pretty well and, you know, we're holding down some decent teams like Colorado state. Um, I know Colorado state put up a bunch of yards on them, but they made some plays at the end of the game defensively. Um, BYU, I think, scored 21 points or something like that against them. So the defense is pretty good at the end of the season. It just kind of regressed, and you know they let up a bunch of you know rushing yards and, and um, you know yards through the air and pretty much everything. So I think the defense is one of the things. Uh, I think that switching the quarterbacks just because of the injury, you know, between you know Mitch and is it Carter and the UI, who's the quarterback that they want to used to back up Mitch. So I think there's some kind of some continuity issues with the offense just because of they had to use so many different court, like three different quarterbacks at different points in the year. And, you know, some injuries, they had some unfortunate injuries. Um, Brad Harris before the season, obviously Mitch was key. I think when they had, when they had Mitch in, in the, in the game and when Mitch was healthy, he, he looked really good and, you know, against, against Kentucky, he was moving the ball and he got injured and couldn't finish that game. And he just never really got it over his concussion issues. So, um, yeah, I think maybe those things kind of, kind of played a part in, in what was it down here. Do you think, though, a lot of people on message boards and a lot of fans over here really thought you got to take that in consideration that Candle did have to deal with in and out quarterbacks, but the main. <laughs> Thing was the defense, and a lot of people yeah. said it was it was very uh, porous. <laughs> is I guess the the right word to to, to do that. Uh, at the end of the season, he pretty much got rid of Brian George and as defensive coordinator. Some say that he did it a season too late. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think he felt felt kind of loyal to George. I know George is a good guy, and he um, you know he's had he had. To, some good defenses with Toledo, you know, in the first couple of years. And, um, then won the max title. They had a good defense that, you know, that helped them get to that, that championship game and get a win in that game. So I think he, 
disappointed to wait it out, but I think after watching the end of this season, I mean, there's nothing you can say really to kind of def- defend him, unfortunately. Um, they needed to make a change, and maybe it wasn't a year too late, um, but to the players, they had a really young team this year, and they had some talent on defense. Um, you know, guys like, you know, Deswan Johnson, Terrence Taylor, Jamal Hines, all young. So they have some, they have some talent on a new voice will maybe kind of help that out a little bit and help them grow. And, and as they become older players, it'll, it'll be a, you know, better defense. And as far as offensively, you know, with Brian Wright, he went to Pittsburgh state um, to take the head coaching job. So I think maybe the same there, just, uh, I don't know if they will be, you know, a hugely different team or philosophy um, with a new offensive coordinator, but maybe a little bit of a, a new approach to help. I guess I got to ask this, though. How much of it was really the coaching staff and how much it was the players? Because sometimes a lot of people want to blame the coach when, when, when it comes to wins right. and lo- when it comes to wins and losses. People will definitely blame the coach. But sometimes I, I tell people this, and I've and I kind of learned this lesson as a coach. You can only – wins and losses is dictated by talent. I mean, if, sure. face it, if, if the team is the better talented team, I don't care what kind of X's and O's you have. You're not going to – a lot of people were uh, a little disappointed by that. Uh, but now, what's next for Rocket Football? Yeah, they got to, you know, regroup, you know, get, get the right guys in, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and they got to produce this year. I mean, they have a couple young young quarterbacks, and Tyler Bradley, and even DeCon Finn, the true freshman, the fairly promising at times, just in his very limited time this, this season. So, and then Eli Peters could be back as well. So we gotta we gotta get a you know, kinda of settle in the quarterback situation, get that figured out. Um they have talent around the quarterback with you know, Brian, Brian Kobach obviously. Um Shaquille Seymour could be back. Um the receivers, Dan McKinley Lewis, Bryce Mitchell could be back. So they have the talent offensively and then they just gotta they just have to fix things defensively for sure. That's always his biggest thing, and that's the thing that you can point to the most is just the defense, and it, it needs to improve. There's no way around it. So um, I think it's a big year, and, and I think Candle at the end of the end of this season admitted it's a big, you know, it's a big off season, it's a big spring, it's a big, uh, you know, fall camp or whatever leading up to next next year, and they they need results this this next coming year. Do you think he's kind of feeling it right now? What would happen if we have another? I mean, the coming off this season to then saying, "Well, we could probably get back to MAC championship" is kind of a little bit unrealistic. Yeah. Where would his status kind of be if the team maybe gets second in the MAC West? I mean, is it still like okay, you know, a couple down years? Maybe it looks like the trage- trajectory is up on the upswing, or is it going to be more or less like eh, we need to part ways and find someone else? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the expectations are always to get to the last championship game. So um, it, it would be tough and it would be an interesting situation, like you said, if they're kind of, you know, second or third in the Mac West, something like that, um, even with maybe seven wins or something like that, seven, eight wins. So um, you never know in the Mac, though. I mean, the two preseason picks this year didn't make it. I mean, in Ohio, in Ohio and Toledo, and both were six and six. So things can, can – uh, Crazy kind of things can happen in the conference during the during the year, and uh, maybe they'll benefit from expectations not being you know sky high 
maybe coming into the next year. So maybe they can they can. I think as long as I can remember, they've been the favorite in the MAC West, or at least right there. So um, maybe um, a little less uh, focused or preseason buzz or something like that. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, it, it was. It, like I said, it, it was a pretty dis- disappointing year for a lot of Rocket fans. And then we go from football, um, which I believe it, there's an early is there, there's an early signing period, right, in the end of. Yeah, it's actually next week. Yeah. Okay, and then and then obviously February would would be good, and we'll see what his recruiting classes bring. And that was another reason why a lot of people were somewhat disappointed was because he had he's had high recruiting classes, so people said there's a talent is there, but right. the problem is wasn't stuff producing on the field. But we'll see what happens. Now we go over to the basketball. Talk a little bit about the men's basketball team and Luke Kanapke, Uh Obviously, came in with Jalen Sanford and. Nate Navigado, but he got redshirted his first year, but it looks like it's paying on the dividends on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. He's playing great. Um, and we have that triple double at Cleveland State with you know ten blocks, which is ridiculous. Uh, he set the blocks record, um, career blocks record, um, for his yeah, for his for his career for uh him passing Nathan Booth and uh then he followed that up with like a thirty point 11 rebounds game, something like that again, in a, in a win. Um, I'm blanking on who they played. Um, but, yeah, he's been just unbelievable. Um, he's really expanded his game. The pick and roll with him and Marion Jackson has just been been pretty lethal. He can step out. He kind of steps steps away from the screen, kind of backs into these threes, and he's been knocking down the three um, at a really good clip. So he's he's playing really good basketball right now. Also, talk a little bit about um, basically how they've been actually looking to at this point. Yeah, they're an interesting team. They have, um, <laughs> you said it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, just in the aspect that there's it can be it can be kind of anyone on a given night really between Marion and I mean Luke's been pretty consistent, but you know guys like Spencer. I think he scored. Spencer Littleson had you know twenty seven against Marshall. Um, guys like Dylan, Dylan Alderson can step up. You know Willie Jackson, obviously, you know a rebounding machine. Um, so I think the interesting aspect is like one through six. You know they're very good. They need to find some minutes off the bench, and um, you know depth is maybe an issue come, um, down the road. But right now they're looking pretty good. I mean you can't complain with you know seven and two, a near miss at Notre Dame. Or they could be eight and one. So and then the loss. Season opening loss at Malta was a close game too, so they've been right in every game. Yeah, they're five and zero at home right now, two and two on the road, and those two losses actually they were they were up on Valpo, and they, I believe they kind of blew that one. And then Notre Dame, they actually they were up on Notre Dame, and Notre Dame had some resiliency to come through and win in overtime, sixty four to sixty two. So you're right, they could possibly be eight and zero. And once again, talking a little bit about uh, a great season. Now it's going to be a double header this Saturday where. The men play Detroit Mercy at three, and the women don't. The women play a little bit earlier. Yeah, they're at noon. Yeah. So that that that'll be uh, really interesting. Then after that, it's been exam week, so basically the Rockets, men and women, have been off. Which I think that's one good thing about college. They they think about the the kids in the smaller conferences. They think about the kids, so to speak, and uh, you know, kind of give them some time off during the exam week. But that is over. Um, and then after that. They play UKMC on t- this Tuesday coming up, and then next Saturday 
they they come back to Savage Arena against Wright State at two o'clock, and then a little bit after Christmas they're at Bradley, and then January third, the New Year, twenty twenty, they start out on the road two games. Yeah, Ball State and then Kent State. Uh, what do you think the Rockets' chances are in those, some of those future games? Yeah, um, I know Detroit this this weekend has um, one of the best scorers in the country, and Antoine Davis, who's you know Mike Davis is the coach there now, and at this um, um, he just puts up a ton of points, and um, so that'll be a challenge. And then I don't know much about UMKC to be honest. Um, they got a new coaching. They got a new coaching staff there. Uh, Angus Thorpe, okay. one of the former coaches, used to coach there, but uh, actually UMKC just got a new coach, so they're trying to turn it okay. around. But it should be a win. Yeah, yeah, and then Wright State, I know, is a good team. I think they made the tournament last year, and um, I think they beat Toledo last year at, at Wright State, so that'll be a good game. And I think Bradley also made the tournament, NCAA tournament last year, so that could be an interesting one um, on the road. And then, yeah, Mac played two tough games. Um, Ball State's a tough place to play. Um, Kent State, I think, is having a pretty good uh, non-conference season um, so far, so that'll be another challenging one. And then, you know, they'll get back at home for a few games, and, and um, the max kind of grind will be underway. So the men right now are, uh, what we say, seven, we're, we're, are seven and two. We go over mm-hmm. to the women; they're struggling a little bit. They are two and five, one and three at home, and one and two on the road. And uh, like I mentioned before, they kind of were off a little bit because of the. Uh, the break, but their last outing was uh, last Saturday at Duquesne, but it really wasn't at Duquesne. It was at some smaller gym, and they ended up losing 79 to 74. Yeah, they, uh, they've kind of struggled lately, and um, I think the Kyle Black had a big game in that one, but they just couldn't fight on it. Made it come back in that game. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how they, they bounce back at, at Detroit, but. Like you mentioned, it's been a little bit of a struggle, and they've lost some close games, and maybe a couple breaks a different way, and they could have had some of those losses become a win. But they're a young team, and they're still kind of piecing things together, finding how good rotations and what lineups work, and kind of how much these freshmen that have come in um, will play a role. And then earlier before that, they played. I probably, I think you probably like these, the educational games where. I don't understand this. Well, I guess they have to do it. It's during the week, preferably sometimes on a Tuesday at 11 a.m. for a basketball game. But I will say this. I love the educational games because, one, Savage Arena is packed. And yeah. I don't know if anyone's been in there. When there's a bunch, when there's technically almost 5,000 to 6,000 screaming kids, it could be a definite. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's a totally different sound, too, than a normal crowd. It's just like a high-pitched you know, like ringing sound, and it gets really loud. Yes, it's it's something else. I I remember I went down to um, I think it was in Dayton. I went to one of those when the Toledo women played at Dayton, and it was one of those games. And that was like the first kind of kids game I've been to, and it was just like, wow, like this is nuts. Like just just constant screaming and at, at a really high pitch that you don't don't hear too often. 
that's a good way to, to describe it. I didn't know it was like that on the road. I have seen on video some of their educational days because Toledo does trade back and forth with Dayton. Um, obviously, they've had to do it earlier and earlier in the year. I don't, I don't know something with the MAC scheduling and stuff is it not allowed it to happen for MAC teams. But it used to be a little bit later in the season. Uh, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It is different, and it gets to the point when I used to broadcast over there where I couldn't hear my broadcast partner, even though you're in the headset because it, that is how loud it actually gets over there. Yeah. But in women's games, that's a great you know home court advantage because let's, let's be honest, a lot of women's teams, they don't get a lot of fans to their game. So it's already yeah. intimidating coming to Savage Arena because we get the normal crowd. But when you get the right. educational crowd – it's for one. There's no really adults there. That's why I think it's more of a squeal or whatever it is. It's a high pitched noise where, and plus the kids yeah. get to get out of school and they just scream. But it's oh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I actually think it helped it help Florida win this this time. They had a close game with Belmont, and I think they kind of fed off the energy of the kids a little bit. To be honest, I mean, it was a close game, and you know they're screaming during free throws by Belmont and all that stuff. So. Um, it's, it's definitely different, but I think it's a cool opportunity for kids to, you know, be able to get to a game and, and kind of experience what it, what a game is like. And I'm sure they look up to the, you know, to the women out there on the court and, and the coach call up and everything. And then after Detroit Mercy, or is the Blaze sending you out to Vegas, the Las Vegas Holiday Hoop Classic? <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be making that trip. That'll be against Troy and Pacific, and then they come back home December 29th versus Canisius, and then January 4th, they're on the road. And they always seem like they do that to both men and women. They start them out on the road for conference play, and then Buffalo. Now, that'll be a tough test. Buffalo is uh, um, yeah. Leggett over there, the head coach. He's done a really fine job with Buffalo after leaving being or being asked to leave Indiana. They played them at home January 8th. A uh, little bit of thoughts of – why are the Rocket women somewhat struggling? Is it because of youth? I mean, they played actually Notre Dame really well, too. But sometimes it seems like you get Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with this women's team. Either you see a really good women's team, especially in the games, and then you see the lulls. Yeah, I think a lot of it is kind of it's offensively. They kind of struggle at times, just finding good shots and and, and knocking down open shots. It's like they, uh, I think they just kind of struggle shooting sometimes and it, it you know obviously hurts them getting into a flow offensively and they don't have the low low post player anymore and Kayla McIntyre where they can just kind of you know drop it down to her in the block and she can go get a basket so it's, it's a little different they have to run more offense and and um I think sometimes they just kind of like you said they hit these walls and scoring where they go you know two three minutes without scoring a field goal so um, it makes it tough at times you know their defense is always good um, I think they play really, really good defense, and they really get after it on the defensive end. But I think sometimes they just they just kind of struggle to to score at a high clip. Yeah, then that's the thing, the high clip. Um, they have the outside shooting, but you're right; it it does seem like they have. Oh. Problem scoring, and it does kind of stink, especially in women's basketball. I tell people this: I said the one difference between men and women's basketball is that the the post game really needs to be strong because those are easy baskets because sometimes right. in the women's game and some people make a complaint about this that they miss a lot of layups which in a sense is kind of true <laughs> sometimes i don't know if it's a strength issue a coordination issue but there are a lot of missed layups so if you can get someone like a kayla mcintyre that is pretty much money inside and she did she made baskets at a high clip with the, with the high field goal percentage 
Sometimes yeah. when you just like in regular basketball, both men and women, when you're not hitting from outside, you can just go down low to her. But then when you right. don't have that, it, sometimes you can have a quarter of scoring 18 points and then the next quarter scoring like four. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that they have a lot of possessions where the shot clock gets, you know, down and they kind of don't really know what to do at the end of the shot clock and they're down to eight seconds or whatever and they're kind of scrambling. Whereas maybe last year they can kind of, if they get in trouble, they can kind of just throw it at Michaela and maybe she can make a play at the end of the shot clock. But right now they're kind of still trying to figure that that aspect out a little bit, you know, who's, who's getting a good shot at the end of the shot clock. Yeah, it is. And, uh, man, Brian, once again, thanks for calling in uh, the 88.3 WTs after further review talking Rocket Sports, football, and basketball. Now we know you're in the, the meat and potatoes of your schedule. Uh, what's on deck for you? Yeah, I'm going to head up to uh, Detroit tomorrow for the doubleheader. Um, then I think next week, um, next week, next week is early signing day, so we'll have a um, – bunch of coverage of that next week and just kind of getting into the into the flow of basketball. Um, no bowl game to travel to, so it's a little different this season. But um, Are you happy? Is that is that a plus or a minus? To be honest, I, I honestly don't mind that, <laughs> really. <laughs> it's, it's kind of – it's fun. I mean, last year I got to go to the Bahamas, so I obviously can't complain about that. So, um, yeah, don't complain about going to the Bahamas now. No, no, not at all. But it gets close to Christmas time and it's holiday season, and it's it's just kind of a another thing to kind of add on to everything that's going on. So, um, yeah, I guess I, I wouldn't complain about the extra time this this holiday season. Yeah, you get to get, get a little bit of a rest, like you say, like you, you, like I know and you know that this can be a grind, but it's the best time. It's more it's exciting this time of the year. I mean, starting to get into it, especially with basketball, football just ending. Excuse me, but it's always fun. But by the time the end of March comes, you're very exhausted. Yeah, absolutely. It's from you know August to basically March. You're just kind of working nonstop, and um, it is a grind a little bit, but it's, it's fun. That's uh, it's part of part of it. You know? uh, the last question. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Have you ever seen a team actually have to replace both the offensive and defensive coordinator? I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that before. I've seen either or or the head coach yeah. and a full staff, but not a coach returning and having to replace both defensive and offensive coordinators. Yeah, I guess I've never really thought about that. Yeah, there is kind of an interesting uh, predicament to have. Right, yeah. Like I said, that 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 would be a, a really, really bad predicament to have. Well, Brian, once again, thanks so much for calling in to the 88.3 WCTs after further review. Once again, we give you there that that uh, that applause because, like I said, you're always <laughs> giving us the the great insight. And uh, by the way, you know, you know, have actually a, a good um, holiday, uh, Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot, and um, glad to be back on the show. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's been a while. Like I said, it's been just just really busy for both of us. Like I said, now that it's kind of settled in, and we can uh, really talk sports. Hopefully, we can get you on, you know, maybe biweekly or something. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, man, Brian. Take it easy. All right. That was Brian Bucky here on 88.3 WTs. After further review, had a couple of difficult technical difficulties um, on our end. So if the interview seems a little choppy around maybe the 
10 minute mark that was the actual reason uh actually uh audacity decided to freeze up on us and uh, apologize for that but we still had to move on and uh kind of fixed it a little bit and uh once again we're back here with some great content coming up next we got more with frank and david here on 88.3 wt's after further review we'll be back after this